You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Boy, do we have a lot to recap on today's show. It's Tim Leonard and Tyler Aki, the Locked On Syracuse podcast, rolling along on this Thursday episode, I guess, now. What is this episode, Ty? I can't even keep track after The days, yesterday. they don't make sense. I think it's technically the Wednesday episode. We're going to call it so, the Wednesday episode. So whatever it is, it's sponsored by rockauto.com, which has amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. So let's kind of peel back the curtain and explain what happened yesterday. You were working until what? 2.30 East Coast time? 3.30. 3.30. Late night baseball had me occupied. So basically, this entire transfer portal time period, we've been like, all right, we got to record at night. We got to record at night because stuff is coming out every single day. And obviously, we record the day before and then post the podcast the next morning. And the one day that we were like, man, we can't record at night. Let's just record at noon and let's hope that we don't get burned like we usually do. The one day we do it and boom, right after we record, Woody Noon transfers. Kadari Richmond uh, picks Seton Hall. Ed Hendricks leaves the football team. It sounds like Stephen Bailey's reporting. Devin Clark, too. And then... Kamari Lance to Syracuse, totally out of the blue, which is, I think we have to start with that because that's the exciting news out of all That's this. pretty much the only thing we're going to be talking about today. I mean, there have been surprises, maybe not even surprises, there's been a lot of news in this Syracuse basketball offseason. I would say this is the first surprise that we've gotten. I know for some people, Kadari may have been the first surprise, but at least for you and I, this one felt like the first real surprise that Syracuse landed Kamari Lands. And if you told me that Syracuse was going to get one bomb, one major surprise this offseason, I would have guessed it would have been bad news. But here we are, and we've got our second first 2022 commit, our second first (laughs) five-star of 2022. It's just like how Jim Beheim, he's probably going to get his second 1,000th win very shortly. So... This is, I mean, I was blindsided. I don't know about you. I did totally not blindsided. see anything like this coming. No. And you're right. It's the 2022 class is back on. It's the greatest class in Syracuse history again. Justin Taylor might be coming. I mean, where's Donovan Klingon? I'm, I'm all in now because this was totally out of the blue. And Kamari Lands is rated very highly. ESPN 19th best player in the ESPN 60 for 2022, which puts him as a five-star on ESPN. He's 33rd on the 24-7 sports metrics. And actually, Dior is now, by the way, down to 15 in the class on ESPN. Mm. So, I mean, maybe that's because he everyone kind of knows. basketball rankers, yeah. Yeah, everyone knows he's not playing a second of college basketball at this point. But I guess we kind of get into the game a little bit of Kamari lands of, okay, now let's make sure we get him. This is a really good prospect, though, that really fits the 2-3 zone in my mind. He's 6'8", 195, feels like he can kind of play the guard spot or the forward spot. Maybe they're recruiting him more for the forward spot. Either way, I watched a lot of his tape yesterday, and I got even more excited after seeing his tape because his shot looks really good on tape. I mean, he's he kind of reminds me a little bit of Benny Williams, which is fascinating because even if Benny stays, I w- Benny Williams is one of those guys who you can kind of put alongside anyone because he's got the versatility to play the three, play the four, 
You don't mind going with a larger lineup where you've got a couple of 6'8 guys at the bottom of the zone coupled with an anchor. There's going to be a lot of talent on, on the Syracuse team if Benny Williams sticks around a, a year or two. And I look at a guy like Lands. he brings you offense. He brings you defensive intensity. He's got the length, like you mentioned. This is a Syracuse prospect, and I'm I'm excited to see what the, the future of recruiting and the 2022, because guess what? Hat, tip of the hat to GMAC. Because he's starting to really figure this thing. I mean, he's you've seen the progression with him now. He's kind of picked up what Hop left off with. And he's been able to get some of these really good players to finally put... Well, we haven't seen the pen put to paper, but to put the, the words to the air or the, the tweet to the internet that they're coming to Syracuse. <laughs> yeah, GMAC reels in Cole Swider last week. Essentially, him. I mean, that was he was the main recruiter for Swider. He was the one that called Swider once he entered his name in the transfer portal. Now he tacks on another one here. The forward position as a whole has just completely shifted. Like, all these guys that I thought were going to be the future of the forward position are not going to be there, maybe, including Woody Noon, who we can touch on a little bit at the end of this podcast. But when the Woody Noon news came out yesterday, you and I were on the phone because you called me and you're like, well, there goes our podcast. And little did we know that two or three other things would come out after that. And I remember we got to talking about, man, so like the class of 2020 is kind of dwindling here. We don't know about Frank Anselm as of us recording this, but we'll see on him. We'll see on another guy they added last year in Alan Griffin, hopefully soon as well. But the bottom line is, you're looking at just one underclassman potentially on the roster next season, and it'd be Benny Williams right now. If Frank Anselm leaves, just one underclassman. Now, Samir Torrance will be a first-year guy, but he's a junior in standing, and all this is kind of fuzzy because you get an extra year of eligibility. But regardless, I was thinking, wow, they've really got to start you know, getting some volume classes here. 2022 has to be a class of four or five guys, maybe, if you're looking at Frank Anselm leaving, because you've got to replenish. And you can also do that in the transfer portal, too. But it's amazing how we got to talking about that, and then about two hours after we had that phone call, they add their first in the 2022 cycle, which is big to get that first one early, and hopefully it can help recruit others as well. And it's more of a natural timeline with Kamari Lands. Like, this is something that you're starting to see the elite senior prospects do they'll commit in the april before ahead of their aau season which should be a little more normal i don't have all the details on that but you're gonna see more and more guys commit over these next couple of months it's kind of a more natural timeline for them now so in regards to what you were saying about yeah they need to replenish and reload i i think that we are gonna see the transfer portal become a big part of that but at the same time If we do see a bigger class out of Syracuse, I would think it's probably this 2022 class just because it seems like there has been a lot of seeds planted with a lot of these elite prospects and Kamari Lands obviously being one of them. But I think that because they can, because we've seen them go after and be so ahead of the game in this 2022 class, I know it didn't work out necessarily with Dior, but you've got Lands, you've been in chats with with Chance Westry, with uh, all these other guys, that is ultimately going to help out Syracuse, I think, in building this 2022 class. All right, guys, time to tell you about rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online now for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com today, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers 
They have everything you could ever want, from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even just new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door in a safe and orderly manner. RockAuto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I love RockAuto.com. I've used it several times in the past couple months. It's much better than going to the store, having to deal with the hassle of them telling you that they don't have the part and they just got to order it and you got to come back in a couple more days. You can just skip that step and order it for yourself right now. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Again, put locked on in their how did you hear about us box and they know that we sent you to rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. When you look at the ESPN rankings, Lands is kind of one of the bigger or highly rated guys of the guys that Syracuse has been going after. Now, there's Brandon Huntley Hatfield, who's fourth in the class. There's Jairus Walker, who's ninth in the class. Both those guys probably have aspirations of maybe just skipping college altogether. But a lot of the guys that we have been circling in this 2022 class, Zion Cruz, J.J. Starling, Chance Westry. I mean, Chance Westry's down to 55 on the ESPN rankings, doesn't mean everything, but even Roddy Gale, who we know committed to Ohio State, he's 54th on the rankings. When I went into first sort of figuring out what the 2020 class was going to be about a year ago, and we were talking about them a lot in kind of the offseason at this time a year ago, our thought process was like, man, you got to nab one of those Chance Westry, Roddy Gale type players. And then Kamari Lands is maybe the second piece. Since then, Lance has really elevated his status, no matter what recruiting rankings you look at. And now he feels like a centerpiece type player because he could be a five-star recruit when it's all said and done. In 19th best ranking, it's ESPN. Maybe some people would rather see that on 24-7 sports. But when you compare it to other guys, I think Malachi was in the low 20s. Tyus was... In the 20s, I believe, on ESPN. You're talking about guys that are knocking on the door of the McDonald's All-American game. Yeah, that is a legit, really good ranking. And I hesitate I hesitate to see the best, or to say the best since Mello, because that's been thrown out like five times, and the guy doesn't even end up coming, it feels like, whether it's Baisley or Dior. It's probably not when you do the 24-7 composite rankings, the best since. But my point is, it's in a tier of players that Syracuse hasn't really nabbed a ton of lately. And Benny is also in that tier. So now you've got back-to-back guys at that wing position, which they continue to recruit really pretty strongly at the wing position. And that's one of the big selling points Syracuse has used. And one of the things that you've seen Kamari Land say is they've done a great job of developing wings. It may not work out in the NBA, but when you get to the NBA, it's on you to a degree. I think that might be what the coaching staff is selling these guys on. We can get you to that next level. I mean, just look at the the recent history. Malachi, boom, to the NBA. Um, another forward, uh, Tyler Lydon, boom, NBA. Elijah Hughes, boom, NBA. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, you think of O'Shea Brissett. He gave himself a chance, and, and he's starting to play more and more like an NBA player and starting to work his way closer and closer to the NBA. There are other guys who are having great success overseas. I mean, Tyus Battle is having an, a nice little overseas career right now. So you can get to the next level. I, I think that's something that that the Syracuse team from the wing spot has done a pretty good job of developing these players. Maybe not the center position and maybe not all of the guards, 
But at least from a center perspective, or from a, a wing perspective, they have done a fantastic job of developing. And that really is their selling point. Like, you know how we're talking about on the defensive side of the ball for Syracuse football, how the defensive back room, that is the big selling point right now. That's the wings for Syracuse. Yeah, it really is. And he mentioned that, I think you alluded to it there, but when he was chatting with Mike McAllister, I saw a quote that he mentioned Michael Carter-Williams, Malachi Richardson, and Carmelo. And he said his brother, his older brother's favorite player growing up was Melo, which made him, despite growing up in Indiana, he was, according to this article, his favorite school growing up was Syracuse. Now, maybe he's just saying that because he picked Syracuse a little bit, but I still think there's got to be some truth to that. And now he plays, by the way, at Prolific Prep in California, which is the same place that Frank Anselm played. So there were a lot of connections here because he played at La Lu, which Isaiah Stort played at, and I'm sure G-Mac was hot on the trail. Probably the first time, I'm guessing, G-Mac saw him was at La Lu. Yeah, he you'd did imagine. He said, first time they saw me play was at La Lu, and he was playing against Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, and then he goes to California, and you have some connections there because of Frank Anselm last year, and, and that's a really good squad. I've, I've seen a couple prolific prep games just on ESPN in the past couple months, it seems like. So a legit school that he'll continue to develop his game. And he mentioned something about how he wanted to decide now because it was the obvious choice, and now he can just work on his game in his final season of high school basketball here, senior season. His other offers, by the way, Marquette, Xavier, Georgetown, DePaul, and Texas Tech, and maybe a couple others in there as well. It's not a tremendous offer sheet, but I guess it's still a little bit early in the process, I mean, too. could Syracuse have gotten into a better list of teams in terms of if he had to make a decision now? What do you notice about all those teams? Coaches gone, coaches gone, coaches There's gone, coaches gone. There's a lot of just, I mean, Marquette has a new coach coming in. Texas Tech, new coach coming in. DePaul, new coach coming There's a lot of turmoil there, it seems like. Georgetown, not playing great basketball. Well, I guess they made the tournament, but still. Xavier, kind of in a funk after losing their coach. So, yeah, you're right. Th- those schools don't have a ton of trending upward trajectory in them. Now, I would hesitate and say, and again, Syracuse fans are used to this because you've been hurt on the recruiting trail by guys bouncing, but... What if Chris Beard comes knocking on his door again at Texas now? Because Texas is a, a sort of a destination school. It's slowly becoming more and more of that on the recruiting trail. But I think the other good thing about some of the other schools that you listed is that those guys really haven't taken good jobs anywhere. I mean, you think of, I mean, Dave Lato's not going to get hired on some mega staff. I would look at uh, Wojo. Where's he at now? Utah? Did he go to Utah? Like he's not. I don't even go to know. U- is that I, I think news? He went to I Utah haven't heard or something. That. Yeah, I, I could be wrong on that, but like that's not going to happen there. So I think as long as you can avoid the Chris Beard, and again, the, there's still this is still a semi early process. Like this isn't set in stone. As Syracuse fans well know, of course he's got one more trip around the EYBL circuit. So. I'm still, I, I'm always wary, but this one still feels like pretty good, pretty set in stone. It's a normal-ish timeline, and I, I think that what Kamari Lands brings to Syracuse is perfect for this team. And on top of that, you've got a guy who not only, like you brought up how how he's got the size and everything, and he also can play guard, and you kind of mentioned that earlier. And I think yeah. 
when you've got positional flexibility on your roster, I don't care if you're Syracuse, North Carolina, or if you're Albany, when you've got positional flexibility, you will always put yourself in a great position to win, especially when the most flexible players on your team are two of your best players. Like if Benny Williams and Kamari Lands end up playing together at some point, those are your two most flexible players in terms of positions, and they're also your two most talented players on your roster as well. That's a huge thing. Think about where this season would have gone this past season if Marek couldn't play the five. Like if he couldn't play the five, this team is screwed. This team yeah. is downright screwed at the center position. And I know, like, yeah, Jesse obviously played well at the end of the season, but at the beginning of the season, he was all right. Like, he wasn't great. And maybe he would have been baptized by fire, but it's one of those things where when you've got the positional flexibility and guys can step out of their comfort zone, and for some of them, it's not even stepping out of their comfort zone. It's just stepping into a new comfort zone. That's a huge thing. That's a huge help for this team. And that's why I love the prospects of both Benny and Kamari Lands. Yeah, I really hope they get to play together. And I guess if they don't get to play together, it's a that's good because yeah, that's because Benny went one and done and he had a big season and he likely went on a tournament. Or it could be transfer portal too, but hopefully. Yeah, and, and that's the thing one. that's it's so tough to play these games now. Like I'm sitting there yesterday thinking, okay, Kamari Lance comes. You got Cole Swider maybe next year. He'll still be in the fold potentially if he wants to come back. But then you just stop yourself and you say, all right, if I had done this last year at this time, I would have had Frank Anselm. I would have had Woody. And, and, and I know Frank Anselm hasn't decided yet, but Quincy maybe would have been a lock to come back. Alan Griffin, I never would have thought would be in doubt. Kadari, I never would. So, it's all in flux, and things will change, and they'll probably add a couple guys next offseason to the transfer portal as well, and that's the state of college basketball now. Hey, let's talk about the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You know, college basketball is over, but that shouldn't stop you from signing up right now with betonline.ag. They've got you covered for all the basketball, NBA action, the playoffs right around the corner, believe it or not. Hockey's in full swing, baseball is underway, so why not get in on the action now at betonline.ag. And if sports betting isn't your thing, guess what? They have some fun stuff on there, too, with awards, TV shows, and reality TV as well. They've got you covered with all the news, scores, and odds, and Bet Online is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up as well. So head on over to their website or use your phone to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do is use our promo code Locked On. That's Locked On, all one word, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts this recruiting class this 2022 class is huge because of the lack of underclassmen you now have on the roster it's always been a big class because let's face it it's kind of the end of the buddy era and transitioning to a new era where who knows how long Jim will be the coach and who knows how long they'll continue to be able to recruit at that level and I mean it's kind of weird, but since the sanctions have gone away now, they've reeled in a couple five-star wings, quote-unquote. Not five stars everywhere, but Lands and Benny are top 40 prospects across the board. They're kind of trending upward since the sanctions have been lifted. I've never really been a guy that's felt like that's a huge storyline and that's a huge reason why they've struggled recruiting. I'm with you. 
Well, yeah, when you but, have these sanctions, like it doesn't say, oh, you can't recruit anyone in the top 50. Like, let's be honest. The standard for what Syracuse recruiting should be is that every year you are getting at least a top 30, top 35 guy. Like, that should just be the standard. You've set that standard. You've built the program up to what it is. And I, I've seen this floating around on Twitter. This isn't, like, my idea of what Syracuse recruiting should be. This is the standard you've built. Go back and look through all the recruits that you've gotten over the course of time. And I get there's the little window of the sanctions that, that hinders you a little bit. But what I would counter with is, yeah, there's, there were sanctions just limited the number of scholarships you could hand out. It didn't limit the number of, uh, or like the the ranking of a guy that you could get. And that's why Syracuse fans have been frustrated. And I get that guys have punched above their weight, whether it's Marek, O'Shea. It's honestly been a lot of the international guys who have kind of been diamonds in the rough because they don't play in America for their high school season. And therefore, these recruiting services don't have a firm grasp on how good they are. But this should be the standard. Like Kamari Lance, we're really excited for him. He's obviously a great player. But this should be what the standard is. You should be getting a Kamari Lands, a Benny Williams, every single every year. Yeah. And it's nice to finally see that become more of the norm now as we continue to go year by year. Yeah, this is the range that they should be able to get. And this is the perfect range for them because Kamari Lands might not be one and done. But it's not... Like, I worry when we get the Woody Noon, so we can talk about a little bit here. Like, when Woody Noon agreed to come to Syracuse, you always know, and this is easy to say in hindsight, but you always know there's a chance he's just going to transfer and never develop because, let's face it, if they're not a top 100 guy, history suggests Beheim does not play them in the first year, really at all. And that was the case with Woody Noon, and he got COVID, and a lot of other things happened as well that probably impacted that, but... I mean, he came out and he was shooting the three ball great, and we just never really got to see him develop at Syracuse. And that's been the problem recently is they either have these talented guys that come in and they fit right away, or they have a guy that they've been grabbing late in the cycle like a Robert Braswell who's outside the top 100, doesn't play a lot, gets unhappy, and transfers. And they haven't really developed a ton of their guys, even... When you look at the center position, that's been a huge talking point. But this is the range that they really need to keep grabbing because Lands might not be one and done, and maybe Benny isn't one and done either, and then you're really building something at the forward position. Yeah, and I think the next step for you is you got to find out what you have at the center position because you're locked down, and I think this team is going to continue to bring in great wings year after year. I wouldn't worry as much about that. Now you got to focus on the center position, whether it's going to be through the transfer portal, whether it's going to be you've got one on your roster and Jesse Edwards can develop where you're comfortable with him being a starter and a big time player for you. Or is it Frank Anselm? And then you got to focus on the guards because 2022 is going to be a strange yeah. year because they need a point a, guard in this well, class for sure. There is a chance that Be that Buddy Beheim could be on the roster. And that's what makes things really scary because he can use that extra year of eligibility. And if he's on this roster, man, and they're bringing back Benny Williams and they bring in Kamari Lands and Joe Girard can get back to his freshman Are we talking form, Final Four? Are we getting there? <laughs> I mean, the, the hype level is going to be... I mean, if Buddy Beheim plays a fifth year, we've seen what the hype level looks like with a Natty mediocre roster and Buddy Beheim's coming back for his senior season. 
right? Like, yeah. The hype around that is this is a top 15 team by all the national pundits. If you're bringing in a five-star, if you're br- if you're returning a really good four-slash-five-star in Benny Williams, if you're getting Joe Girard, who's going to be back, and he's back to his normal self, if you're getting a center in Jesse Edwards or Frank Anselm that's developed the way that you had envisioned when you recruited them, then yes, it will be a, a final. You will hear teams or people talking about this as a Final Four caliber team because on paper, they will be. Right. No, it's exciting, man. I, I really do think it's tough because of all the transfer portal stuff. We don't necessarily know who's going to be there, who's not going to be there. But I think you're right. Center is always my top priority pretty much every cycle for the past five, six years. Point guard, especially in this cycle, and a point guard with length. I'd love to see them get Copeland in particular, and hopefully they can reel him in because he shouldn't be too highly sought after. I mean, if Samir Torrance develops, I mean, we we kind of have run through this, and and you'll hear it on tomorrow's episode because tomorrow you're going to get what was supposed to be today's episode. But (laughs) we kind of said, like, listen – Davion Mitchell, when he was at Baylor, or when he was at Auburn before he was at Baylor, his numbers were kind of similar to Samir Torrance's. Like, you can just see guys, they'll land in the right situation after. If this is the right situation for Samir Torrance, closer to home, a little more comfortable, knows the area, a little more familiar with everything, it's not Milwaukee. No no, no offense to Milwaukee, but it's not Milwaukee. Um, that that can also play a factor in it. The The comfort level is a huge thing. And if he can develop and maybe become that Davion Mitchell or something of the sort, just be a a good ball handler for this team. Because right now, I don't think there's an elite level ball handler on the roster. Then guess what? You might have something and you might have depth. And that's the scary part is this team's only going to continue to add to a lot of that. And I'm frankly excited. 2022 can't come soon enough. 2021 can't come soon enough. And because there's a lot of positive momentum right now with this program. Yeah, they've done a great job recovering from all the transfer portal stuff. And they said that there was going to be a lot and they'd add guys and they're doing that so far. A couple quick thoughts before we get out of here on the other news from yesterday. Kadari Richmond at Seton Hall. Honestly, I know this just sounds like I'm being salty and I, I think I've made this take pretty clear before on this podcast, but... I really don't think Kadari will get drafted. I, I'm not as high on Kadari as the rest of, it seems like, the Syracuse Twitter base is, honestly. And the work ethic is a real thing with me. I don't really know if Seton Hall was the best pick for him. I, I wish him all the best, and I don't, I'm don't. i not actually salty, but I do think he's more replaceable than people have been talking about. And we'll see what he does from at Seton Hall from here. And here you go. I know the last, the jealous yeah. X is out. The jealous I, I X know. of you is coming out right It sounds like here. it, but you can vouch for me. Like I've never, I, I would say that even you if have. he was on Syracuse, I just don't right. think no, he's I, a surefire NBA guy. Yeah. And obviously work ethic is my concern as well. That would be my concern with Kadari. I think he's got all the talent in the world. I really do. Yeah. But when, when you hear Goody coming on here and saying that his former coaches are saying he's got to pick up the work ethic, like, that's a red flag for me. That's a big-time red flag. And I will say this. Why is Seton Hall a better situation than Syracuse? Like, sure, you maybe start, but, like, you got to remember this, too. Bryce Aiken just transferred to Seton Hall a season ago with the 
expectation that, okay, he's going to level up, get to a better program, and then go pro. Now, I know he battled a lot of injuries along the way, but he wasn't that impressive even when he was healthy at the next level. And you could maybe attribute that to going from the Ivy League to going to big-time college basketball in the Big East. But with with Kadari, I just don't see, like, why was Kevin Willard the more appealing option than Jim Beheim? Yeah. Like, like th- there's something that's being lost in translation here. No, I'm with you. I, if he had gone to Kentucky, I would have been like, dang, like, that's that hurts. That dang, he's going to be a lottery pick. That, that, that's what yeah. Tim would have been saying. <laughs> yeah, then State. I'd be I'll, like, wow, I'll swallow my words. Lock it in. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Part of me felt like, okay, he went to Seton Hall. At least he's out of the conference, and we don't have to go up against him at Florida State or something like that. Um, Woody Newton... I was, I mean, we all kind of saw this coming. I'm kind of surprised it took this long. I think we saw it coming back in like January. Yeah, right. I don't know if there will be an explanation for why it took this long, but the Cole Swider news felt like more proof that it was coming. And as we tweeted out, now the class of 2020 is really dwindling here. I don't feel like Woody's going to be one of those guys that truly burns us. And it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I saw some people tweeting that all. He could be the mid-major guy that burns yeah him. that's like what i would guess he'll go down to a mid-major maybe and who knows maybe he does stick with the power five but he might go down to and i'm just spit like i don't know anything i'm just i'm just throwing names out here but like if if he went down to like an a10 school or like richmond or something like that that makes sense like, yeah he could have a good career there he could i mean we saw flashes of it when he was at syracuse now he impressed me on the court more than i thought he would given what his pedigree was coming in, but I'm not too concerned about him really burning us or any of that. It it falls into the category of the players I was talking about earlier that we get and they're not good enough to play for Bayheim in year one, and then they kind of just seem to fizzle after that. But It'll be one of those things where if he does burn Syracuse, you're not going to feel bad. Right? Like, B.J. Johnson, quote-unquote, burned Syracuse. Listen, if you're going to go ball out at LaSalle, like, good for you, all right? And he obviously carved his way all the way to the NBA. Like, that's a a really good path to take, but would he have gotten that path at Syracuse? I think this is Woody doing what's best for him, and what's best for him and his future development is not going to be at Syracuse. He's got to go find his own way, and, and... I think Woody is the perfect example of why this one-time transfer rule exists. So he can put himself into a better situation. He got blinded by the big shiny lights of Syracuse University and all all the big-name basketball. He may have gotten blinded by that. And now he's going to be given an opportunity. He's not going to get penalized for transferring. And he's going to find himself into a better situation and get to play right away and and probably play at a more appropriate level for him. And that's going to help his development. Like if he goes to a Davidson or a Dayton or something like that, that's going to help him out. Yeah. We wish him all the best. Of course. I know that's something you always have to say, but it is true. I, I felt like he was, you don't, you don't mean that with Kadari. Do you, you don't mean it with Kadari. No, I do. What do you mean? I, I, (laughs) I know I sound like the salty fan. That's, just now, I mean, go, even if Kadari was coming post back. post on Syracuse fan, why don't you, huh? Yeah, really. Even if he was coming back, I would have been still pumping the bricks a little bit on the NBA talk. But I just don't know if Seton Hall really helps him out personally. A ton. No, I'm with and you. I don't. Yeah, I don't we'll think, see. I, yeah. 
we'll see what happens there. But anyway, thanks for sticking it out with us here. I know this is a little bit delayed episode, but a lot of news to get to, and we will be back tomorrow. The thing is, Ty, we're recording here at noon now, and you just know more news is going to break this afternoon because that's how this works. that's, That's how the cycle is. But tomorrow you are going to get what was supposed to be today's episode we're kind of going to give you the the lessons that we learned from the Baylor game and that Baylor team. We got a little preview of it with the Davion Mitchell talk earlier, but we're going to give you a little lesson of, of what Syracuse can learn from Baylor because the mold of their rosters is not as different as you think. Yeah, no doubt. And then we get into the preseason top 25 stuff. They've been everywhere on those. So we give our thoughts on that. That'll likely be the show tomorrow, knock on wood. I don't know if anything else will interrupt it but we'll see and and we'll be obviously here with you guys updating you on all the transfer portal news and recruiting news i guess as it goes along and hopefully the 2022 class continues to pick up guys in the offseason we'll be here to break it down but thanks for listening as always please give us a review wherever you get your podcast drop a rating for us that would really help us out and follow the show on twitter to keep updated when the news drops we always send out a tweet as quickly as we can Our Twitter username is at LO underscore Syracuse. So for Tyler, I'm Tim. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.